We have a, the privilege and honor to have Ben Swartz with us, and he's going to give the word tonight. Ben, come on up. Uh, give Ben a hand. And um, I've had the privilege of, of being Ben's youth pastor way long ago, I think starting like fifth grade, you know. I, that was a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. So, so I don't know um, if that makes me old or you old, so I don't know what we're going after with that comment, but... Man, I was trying to be nice You're to trying you. You're trying to be nice, okay. And you just chucked me right under the bus. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I'm excited to have Ben today. And by the way, Ben is the founder of, of, of an organization called Dream On, so I would encourage you, if you don't know anything about it, find it on Facebook and check it out. They're doing a lot of great things around the world, so great things are happening. So I just wanted to say that because I knew you probably wouldn't pump yourself, so Thank I'm going to do it for you. So check out Dream On. Great things are happening. Other than that, I'm going to get out of the way because Ben's got a good word for Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, again, what an honor to be uh, up here tonight and uh, in talking to all you guys. Um, what an honor. I want to jump right in tonight uh, with some verses, and uh, Andrew, no need to put these up on the screen, but I want to start off with uh, four verses um, tonight. I want to start in, in Daniel uh, chapter 11, verse 32, and it says in the, in the last part of the verse, but the people who know their God will prove themselves strong and will stand firm and do exploits. The next verse. We're going to read in John, John 10, 14. I am the good shepherd, and I know and recognize my own, and my own know and recognize me. Now we're going to read in Acts. Acts 14, 13. And when they saw the boldness and the eloquence of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and untrained in schools, they marveled and recognized that they had been with Jesus or that they knew Jesus. And in Philippians 3.10, this one's a little longer, but it says, For my determined purpose is that I may know him and that I may purposefully become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person, and that I may in the same way come to know the power overflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over every believer, that I may so share his sufferings as to be continually transformed into his likeness, even his death. I want to talk to you tonight about knowing God. And I want, I want to break down just real quick the definition so you know what type of knowing that we're talking about. The first definition, if you would look it up in the dictionary, the word know means to be informed. So this is the, the school definition. This is, I learned something, I, I learned how to spell something, I learned the definition of something, and now I know something. But the second definition of know is to have a personal experience. And tonight, that's the type of no that we want to talk about. I'm going to tell a lot of stories tonight. The Bible says that we overcome by two things. We overcome by the blood of Jesus and by testimonies, which is just a churchy word for stories. So I'm going to tell you lots of stories tonight about Jesus and my personal relationship with him and how um, my transition of knowing him. I want to start off tonight by telling you a story when I was in junior high. And uh, maybe like a lot of you in here, uh, I grew up a Christian. I went to Christian schools. Um, and this story, my, my beginning of realizing that I didn't fully know Christ started in junior high. I was sitting in chapel. 
and uh, they brought in some missionaries. I forget what country they were missionaries to, but I remember sitting there as a, a sixth grader, seventh grader, and they were telling all these stories about what God was doing all over the world, and I, I realized that I was actually scared of what they were talking about. I remember telling God, God, there's two things that I I don't want to do. I'll do anything for you, but I don't want to do two things. I don't want to be in ministry, and I don't want to be a missionary. Because uh, when I when you think when I thought of missionaries as a sixth grader, seventh grader, I thought I had to eat monkeys. You know, I had to live in huts. You know, all these different things that as a small kid, that I was like, God, I'll do anything but those couple things. And hindsight's 2020, but I realized that any area in my life that I had fear or unbelief, I did not know him in that area. And so the stories that I'm going to, I'm going to tell to you tonight, t- tonight are the transition of me coming to know Christ in those two specific areas of ministry and in mission work. So like PK said, I, I, I grew up here uh, at Only Believe. Pastor Colin was my, my youth pastor But in that transition of when I told God, I don't want to do these two things, ministry or mission work, the Lord started to work on my heart. I had um, many encounters with the Lord at youth camps, pump. I could take you to so many different locations all over Ohio that we used to have pump at, whether it was Wright State, whether it was Ohio Northern, whether it was here at church or at a campground. And we would worship and we would worship for hours till midnight sometime at youth camps. And again, hindsight's 2020. but during those times, I was actually becoming to know Christ as my personal Savior. Fast forward to my first mission trip. I went to Arizona with Pastor Kyle, and we went to an Apache Indian reservation, and that was kind of the first time that I was exposed to mission work, kind of abstract poverty. I remember um, my friend and I went into a grocery store on the Indian reservation, and there was this little kid. Uh, my wife and I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, so I'm guessing this kid was maybe five or six. And we looked down one of the grocery store aisles, and, I, and we saw him just stealing stuff. He was stuffing stuff in his pants. And I was a really young kid at that time, maybe 12 or 13. And I'd never seen things like that. So my, my eyes had started to, to be opened um, to what the different things that the world was going through and the different things that the Lord wanted me to be a part of to affect for him. Uh, fast forward to Honduras, my first really out of um, country mission trip. It was the first time where I really got to see poverty, to where little kids were walking around with no clothes on, just people lived on pennies a week. There was um, so much pain, so many different things that if God didn't show up, then these people weren't going to make it. I went to Africa with Pastor when I was 17, and I was a cameraman, and and I saw the blind healed. I saw the the deaf here. I saw the lame walk. And and in this transition of of when in junior high, I told him that I never want to do ministry or missions, to now I'm in late high school having these experiences with Christ and coming to know him in different ways. I could take you to, I remember in Juarez, Mexico, It's one of the most dangerous places in the world now, but we went there when we were really young. And I can take you to the base of a mountain where there was a church, where a a pastor and his wife planted a church in one of the most dangerous cities um, in the world. And we had encounters with the Lord in worship. And I I could bring up friends who had encounters as well during that time. 
in Mexico. But little did we realize that the Lord was shaping us into coming to know him in a powerful way. Now, the one story I wanted, I wanted to tell you tonight, kind of, I call it the, the time in my life where I, I really came to know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior as my everything. This was in 2011. I had been a Christian for a long time. I was uh, about 19 or 20 at the time, and I got a call from my, my cousin, and he said, hey, Ben, do you want to canoe with me to the ocean? And so, have you ever gotten a call like that before? And someone asked you to canoe to the ocean? And, you know, like a young 20-year-old, I said, absolutely, I'm, let's do it. And then I called him right back and I said, give me, a, just give me a few days. Let me, let me think about it. I'm going to pray about it, get some advice. And so, I called him back a week or so later and I said, let's do it. And so, we did it. We canoed from Ohio to the Gulf of Mexico. Took two and a half months, a couple thousand miles uh, we raised money for orphans and pastors. Uh, it was an awesome time. Um, I would love to show you videos and photos sometime of, of that trip, but I don't, I don't tell you that story to, to brag or to say, look what we did, but I actually realized that after that trip, that the Lord had used that trip to kind of finalize and solidify some things in my life of me knowing him. You see, before that trip, if you'd have asked me if God was a provider, I'd have pulled out my Bible and said, absolutely, read this verse. If you'd have asked, is God, will God protect me? I would say, yeah, yeah, here's the verse. If you would say, would, would, God, would God bring men and women that I didn't know into my life and, and they would bring things that, there were literally stories that you probably wouldn't believe that happened. I could show you verses in the Bible and stories where that happened. But after that trip, the Bible came alive because I could tell you story after story of provision, of protection, of God bringing people into our lives that had no clue who we were. We're in Louisiana, Mississippi. I'm this Ohio kid that no one knows who he is and the Lord is providing for me. It was such a trip that changed my life forever. And I didn't realize it until about a year afterwards where I started to realize that because I came to know him in these different areas that different things started to become possible and ladies and gentlemen today more than ever people in the world need to see people who know Jesus not people who just know how to memorize a verse or can just throw out Christianese but people who actually know their God and like the verse that we read at the beginning, that those who know their God will do exploits, that if we actually know our God, it will actually change what we think is possible. I want to know Jesus like Peter. I want to know Jesus so deeply that when he calls me to step out of the boat, I trust him because I know him. I want to know Jesus so deeply that I can still recognize him even when there are storms in my life. I want to know him, and I want to know his love. A story, uh, this, was, this was, again, probably about a decade ago, um, where I really came to know the love of Christ. I was, uh, I think I was actually here at church, and this happened probably over a span of three or four months, but the Holy Spirit kept asking me, hey, I want you to go talk to this person. I want you to go talk to this person. But it was always the same message. I just want you to tell them that I love them. And I remember fighting with the Holy Spirit sometimes, like, 
They know that already. Why am I telling them that you love them? And it was mainly Christians that I was telling this to. And we then about after three or four months, we were on a trip. Um, at that time, it was called Gen Now. Uh, we were, I think, in Hocking Hills. And I was, I was boiling some water. And I was making some hot chocolate for everyone who had come. And I spilled the, the water on my, my arm. And I grabbed my arm. And I, I pushed the water off like that. And there was a shape of a perfect heart right on my, where the skin, I pulled it off right here. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, I brand you with my love. For the last four months, you have been telling people that I love them. And now for the rest of your life, you will never doubt and you will never doubt that I love you. And from that moment, with that encounter, I came to know him as the God who loved me. I want to know Jesus like Paul. I want to know that God changes names and forgives and changes lives that will impact the world. I want to know Jesus like David. I want to know the God who forgives so deeply that even after I would majorly sin, he calls me a man after his own heart when I'm repentive. I want to know Jesus that I can see souls the way that he sees them. My wife and I moved to a, a different house about a year ago. We, uh, the first six, seven years of our marriage, we lived um, in, an, in another house, and we moved about a year ago. And um, with this house came a, a frustrating neighbor. And so I'm, I'm sure some of you have neighbors, you just want to lay hands on them suddenly. And, uh, but I could, one day... Um, Again, this, this neighbor kind of wakes us up at four in the morning sometimes, kind of loud, stuff like that. But one day, the love of Christ for this man just came over me, and I began to see his soul. And I began to see some different things in his life that he was going through, and I had never cared about him before because I was frustrated and I was mad that he was waking up my kids and my wife at all times of the night. And I couldn't see him like Jesus did. But when I... Put on the eyes of Christ. And I let the Holy Spirit invade me. I began to see his soul, how Jesus saw him. I want to know Jesus like Caleb and Joshua. I want to know Jesus so fully that I believe and see good reports and things that other people can't. I want to know Christ so deeply that it changes what's possible for me. I want to know him as the God of healing. I remember when, uh, I think this was shortly before um, we went on the canoe trip, my dad had came home one day, and for, I think it was a couple months, he, he was having some knee problems and, um, and some, I think it was some hip issues, and he went to the chiropractor, and the chiropractor said, hey, your legs are actually shorter than each other, and I was, i I'd never really, you know, seen that in my family before. And I remember this went on for a couple weeks, and he went to the chiropractor a couple times. It wasn't getting better. He was have, just having a lot of pain in his knee. And one day, I just felt the Lord rise up in me, and I said, sit on that chair right there. And he sat down, and I was like, you do it. Your legs are, your legs are, are differently. They were about maybe an inch or two off. And I laid my hands on him, and I prayed for him, and his legs grew right out. And in that moment, I encountered... Jesus as the one who saves. 
as the one who heals. And from that moment on, I know him as the God who heals. I want to know Jesus like Moses. I want to know Jesus so fully that if he asked me to stand before great men and women on assignment, I would. I want to know Jesus as the God of no fear. A couple, a couple years ago, uh, some of you may know Isaiah Roebuck, and I don't, I don't think his parents are here tonight, but I asked him if I could tell this story, and he said I could. Um, but so Isaiah, he's always had this, this dream, this desire inside of him to speak. He's always wanted to do ministry, and he, he's always wanted to speak before people, but he always had this fear that would rise up inside of him. And he actually, he always called it this dragon that would always just kind of overtake him of fear. And a couple years ago, I started to mentor him. And one night, we were, um, we, were sitting, we were sitting down talking. And I said, hey, Isaiah, would it just blow your mind if you spoke in Honduras when we do our big events, you know, in front of 10,000 people? And he said it would. Because I know it wouldn't be me. And so I said, okay. And this was a couple years ago. I said, in 2020, you're going to be one of the speakers. And reluctant. You could see it on his face. He was like, me? But I knew I was going to push him out and that he was going to have an encounter with the Lord. And so uh, we actually went to Honduras in November of last year. We go every year. And um, a few things happened to where we needed some more speakers actually last year. And I could see that God was lining things up early. But um, we spoke in a couple churches. Um, this particular night, there were about 500 people in this church and uh, Pastor Wilmer, our contact down there, came up to me and he's like, hey, we need a couple speakers for tonight because we're going to sing, speaker, sing, speaker, sing, speaker. And so I spoke to Isaiah and I said, you have the opportunity tonight. I know it's a year early than what I told you, but I believe that God would want to use you tonight to speak to these people. And he agreed and he was sitting stage right uh, for about an hour into the service um, and I could just tell he was nervous, but he was excited. And he, he stood up in front of these people. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And with boldness that was not his own, he began to proclaim Jesus. He began to proclaim who God was to those people. And I stood in the back and I just cried because I knew what he'd gone through. I knew that he didn't know Jesus as as the one who gave him that strength, that power to preach, but now he did. And it changed his life forever. And now he knew Jesus as the God of no fear. I want to know Jesus like this Zimbabwe pastor who was before he was martyred, he said these words. I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit power. My die has been cast. I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tamed visions, worldly talking, cheap giving, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, or popularity. And I don't have to be right first, tops, or recognized. I now live by faith. 
I lean on his presence. I walk by patience. I'm uplifted by prayer and labor by power. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions are few. My God is reliable. My mission is clear. I can't be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, or delayed. I'll not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy. I won't ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't shut up, give up, let up until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, preached up for Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he'll have no problem recognizing me because my banner will be clear. I want to be able to say these things because I know my God. Back a couple years ago, pastor challenged me to find out for myself what grace was. And he said, uh, I, I want you to discover for yourself what grace is. And I remember uh, sending him back the definition. I was like, hey, you know, grace is the unmerited favor of God for our lives. And he's like, that's true, but that's not what I'm looking for. And I remember searching the scriptures and praying for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then one day, it just came to me. And I said, Pastor, is it the power of God? Grace is the power of God. And he said, absolutely. And from that moment on, I, I knew the God of grace, the God of power, that if I look back like I said at the beginning of the story, that I didn't want to do ministry. I didn't want to do mission work. But over the years, he wooed me into the two areas that he knew that I was weak in. And so if I was weak, then he would be strong and that he would get the glory from those areas. So I pray that some of these stories tonight would pierce some of your heart that some of you may have at a young age felt that God had something on your life and you ran away from it. Maybe some of you don't know God in a certain area of your life and tonight he's calling you to discover him in that area. Remember, any area of your life that you have fear or unbelief in, you do not know God in that area. I challenge you to have a desire tonight to know him. To know Christ. I want to know the God of experiences. You see, I give you a challenge tonight. To not just know the Bible verses, but to have a story to back those up. You see, the world today more than ever need a Christian that knows the word of God, but that can tell them a personal story about that verse and how God provided for them, how God has healed, how God saves. They need to know that you know Jesus. Can we close our eyes just for a second tonight? I'm not, I'm not quite done, but I just feel the Lord tonight. I feel like he just wants to dis you to discover tonight him as the God of your purpose. And Hannah, if you could come, just play a little piano behind me. I just feel like he wants you to dis 
discover him as the God of purpose. I feel like sometimes we forget that there is a specific purpose for our life. We remember that there is a corporate purpose. Yes, there is. We're all called to the world. We're called to make disciples of every nation. But if we forget that there is a specific purpose that we were born from, we were born for, that from our mother's womb he created and he had something for us, then sometimes there's this disconnect of knowing him. I remember uh, we were in California on a mission trip with the youth group. And we were passing through this town and, and everyone on the mission trip, we were supposed to do the service that night. And uh, last minute they asked me to speak and I was like, okay, I, I really don't know what to say. And I remember before I got up, I felt the Lord say, there are people in here tonight that don't believe that I have a purpose for their life. And come to find out after the service, this church was going through a bad split and the people were just hurting. People were hurting. So we got up there that night and, and we said those things and we prayed. We prayed for so many people that the love of God would invade their life, that they would come to know him, that yes, they probably already knew him as the God that saved them and they were going to heaven, but they didn't know him. They didn't know him. Another instance that was similar was in Honduras. We were preaching and I felt the same thing, that there were people in the room and I, I knew that most of them were believers, but I felt that there were a lot of them that had that disconnect that God, is there a, a purpose for my life? That people didn't know Jesus in that way the, of the God that gives you purpose. And I believe with some of you tonight, there's that disconnect as well, but I believe that it starts with, I believe that some of you have a broken heart. The Bible said that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. There are things that we can't hold in our life that Jesus wants to give us because we have areas that are broken. And we're just gonna take five, 10 minutes. My wife's gonna play a little bit of piano. I'm reminded though of the instances throughout my life where I encountered God just with the Holy Spirit speaking to me very softly. You see, I could talk to you for three hours tonight, but the Holy Spirit can do more in five or 10 minutes speaking to you than I can do in two hours. I just want to take five or ten minutes and I just want us to be silent as the piano plays and, and I want us to examine our lives if there are areas where we do not know Jesus. If there are areas where fear and doubt and unbelief have crept in and we don't know Jesus in those areas. But I also want us to examine ourselves that if we've believed the lie that there is no purpose for our life, that we don't know the Jesus who gives us a purpose.
Bible says that what a man desires is unfailing love. And so if you are struggling with unbelief and fear or purposelessness tonight, let's start on that foundation that we are wholly loved. That if you know that you are extravagantly loved, that is the base of what faith can be built on. If you're struggling with purpose tonight, know that God, he's the master craftsman. The Bible calls him an architect, a builder, a potter. And he takes his time into molding us. If you would have asked me again in junior high if I would be standing here in front of you tonight, I would say absolutely not. But I let God mold me. And I pray that I would continually do that. I want to know him as the the God who's patient with me. Let us remember as we come to know Jesus as the God who gives us purpose, that all of our individual purposes add up to affect people for Jesus. You see, if you're not functioning in your purpose, there are people that are not being changed for the gospel. That if we let fear and unbelief stop us from pursuing what we know we're called to be, and there are people that aren't being touched. Take one step tonight as you are listening to the Holy Spirit towards what you know Jesus wants you to become in life. Come to know him in that area. If it's ministry, step towards that. If it's some vocation, step towards that. Whatever it is, take that step, that act of faith. Jesus came towards us when he died on the cross. And now it's our job to step towards him. I want to know him. I want to know him. If you think about every person in the Bible, they came to know God and had an encounter with him. That's why they got put in the Bible. And if the Bible was still being written today, you and I would be put in there. Our stories of how we came to know Christ in a certain situation would be in there. God, that you would pierce our hearts tonight, that we would want to come to know you again. In every area of life, God, whether it's finances, God, whether it's physical healing, God, whatever it is, give us a tenacity to want to know you, God.
know you. I just feel the Lord asking some of you just to simply come back to him in prayer and worship that you felt so dry to where you feel like you, you've never known him. But the Lord said, if you would just come back, if you just come back to me, just spend time with me, delight yourself in me again. Come to know me. The Bible says you delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desire of your heart. Maybe there are some things that haven't come about in your life because you stopped delighting in him. You've stopped wanting to know him. And tonight is a, is a shift for you. This is a shift for you. Can we just, let's all close our eyes one more time. I just want to ask one question before we wrap up here soon. I know that most of you in this room probably know Jesus. You probably know that you're going to heaven. But there's a, a desire to know him more, to know him in different areas of life. If there's a specific area of life that tonight you want to encounter him in, if there's just a burning in your chest that, God, I want to know you in this area, if you could just put your hand up. Just put your hand up. I just want to pray tonight. Father, thank you for all these hands. Thank you for all these hands. Father, I just ask for a sweet spirit to come into this room tonight, God. Whatever area of life, God, that they're desiring to know you in, I pray that you would grant that in the name of Jesus. That you would give them the perseverance and the faith, Father. God, to see through the process of faith and the process of seed and harvest in that area. And I ask God that the moment they come to know you in that way, that they would never waver. God, I remember the day that you showed me the verse and revealed, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I've never doubted that surely goodness and mercy will follow me, Father. And I pray every area of life that they're believing for tonight, God. That you would solidify, that, like the Bible said, you would set their face like a flint, Father, and that they would not stop or give up until they experience you in that area, God. That they would be like the children of Israel and they would just keep walking. They would just keep walking around that wall, Father, until that wall came down, Father, and that you would give them wisdom, on how to pursue you in that area. And we just come against all doubt and fear and unbelief, Father. And I just pray that they would come to know you. That they would come to know you. Tonight, Father. We praise you tonight, God. We praise you tonight. We praise you tonight.
if anyone wants to, I just feel the Lord still has some work to do. Whether you raised your hand or you didn't, if you want to come down to the altars while we just continue playing music, I believe that God wants to encounter you tonight. He wants you to know him. We're just going to spend just a little bit more time in his presence, but don't miss moments with God. It's something that I have realized that what's being spoken about, what God is trying to bring about tonight that you can actually have if you really want it. So the altars are open. If you want to know God and and encounter him in a specific way, please come on down. If you don't want to, I totally understand. You can be dismissed. But we're just going to spend just a few more moments with Christ. And come down to the altar. Uh, Pastor Kylan will be up here if you want to pray with someone. But please don't miss this moment. I feel the Lord here tonight. So thanks for joining us tonight here at Only Believe Ministries. I hope the message that uh, Ben spoke on tonight really touched your hearts to really look and examine our hearts and uh, just take a moment and reflect on what areas I'm not giving over to God. So I encourage you to do that. Also tonight, if you did receive Christ for the very first time or you rededicated yourself tonight, we would love to know. Send us a message on Facebook through the church email, just send us a message and say, I rededicated my life or I became a follower of Christ tonight for the first time. We'd love to connect with you, send you some materials. So we thank you for joining us tonight and we will see you all on Father's Day right here at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Have a blessed night. remember that God is not confined by time some of you may believe that your your prime was over or what you were called to do for Christ is past but I want to remind you that God takes his time and I'm reminded when we were on the canoe trip we took machetes and we took them to an Amish gentleman before we left and he sharpened them And he sharpened them. I thought it would only take five minutes, but it took him half an hour to sharpen a machete. And we were canoeing on the Mississippi River and and I felt the Lord say, you remember that Amish guy who sharpened your machete? And I said, yeah. He said, I do the same thing with you. I take my time. So that when I push you out into your purpose, 
When you come to know me as the God of your purpose, you won't fall, you won't falter because you've let me take my time. During times of worship like this, God is sharpening you. He's taking off the rough edges. You're putting yourself on the potter's wheel and you're letting him make something beautiful out of you. You're coming to know him. pray that you would wake up tomorrow with this insatiable desire to know him. That we'd be done with games, we'd be done with just a, a process of what's normal or what we're used to. But that we would just want to know him. That that would be the desire of our heart, that we would just want to know him we would want nothing else but to know him. Your prayers and your desires go up to him like a sweet offering tonight. That just a simple act of, of coming down front is erupting heaven on your behalf. some of you want to know him as the God of a sound